0: From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 272, for the week of April 3rd, 2014. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Tom Bell, and I'm joined by our Disneyland team: Nancy Johnson, Mary Jo malata Willie, Michael Bowling, and Tony Spatel. In this week's show, I have a review of Best Western Plus stovevals Inn, and Tony continues his salute to March Madness. All that plus this week's news, roundtable, rapid fire, and our disports thread of the week on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone.
1: Hey. Hello. Hey there.
0: Hi there. Ho there. What's What's shaking?
1: No. <laughs> really. Okay. I I'm going to call expert on this one since it was centered basically in Brea. It said well one was in La Habra and then it said a well, let's, mile. Let's, east. Back,
0: let's back up a second and tell people that aren't on the coast on this coast what what happened. Oh, no, it was national news that there was an oh, okay. earthquake
1: in Southern California and if they didn't know that that's sad. I'm just saying. <laughs>
2: Um, cause, cause well,
3: it's not all, all about attention. us, so not everybody might know. <laughs> it, uh,
1: well, that's where you. I disagree. You it's not all us especially all about
2: if they're digging out from you know eight feet of snow this yeah, week. Or exactly.
1: Okay. Well, snow. <laughs> no one. Loves I'm sorry. Go
0: ahead. Tom. Go ahead. Tom. Well, I'm
1: looking forward to moving somewhere where there's snow because I don't. I'm done with earthquakes. Um, yeah. So it was it was centered, and you know normally for us so, for us Californians, you know we've all had earthquakes, but I can't complain because you live in. San Francisco, so you've had a much bigger one than that one. But, you know, we get um, complacent, thinking no big deal, and, oh, it's mm-hmm. no big deal, and then there's that first, I know everybody knows, that first shake, and you're like, okay, do I get out of my seat? Uh, and then mm-hmm. as you're thinking, by the time you're ready to get out of your seat, oh, I guess I should have got out of my seat, you know? Because
2: and- yeah, as Californians, we know how long it should last, and we right. wait. Mm-hmm. And then when it goes beyond that, then we get a little concerned.
1: And for me, because I really, fe- I mean, I really felt it. I was, it felt like the whole, I mean, I'm on the second floor of an apartment complex. So it showed, the whole thing was like shaking and, um, not a lot of stuff fell, but I had to get up and went, okay, I've never been in an earthquake. I was like, looking around, where do I go stand? Like, where's my door jam? <laughs> it was kind of funny. But, um, what was, um, it was kind of exciting to hear the news. but, um, for me, what it was, a, was it a five, 5.1? Um. What for me was is oh it was the most unsettling, and I'm sure I can't even touch how um, unsettling it was for you, Michael, when you had to deal with the big one. But um, is that then there's aftershocks, mm-hmm. and what scared me more than anything was the fact that there was a foreshock, the fact that I think like an hour earlier there's a 3.6 or something, yeah, right, and then the fact that there's a big one makes me think okay we're going in an up direction this could be the big one because usually it's the big one and then little ones. And the foreshocks and then the aftershocks were bigger than I remember in relation to the real one. And so it kind of scared me. And Andrew had never been in one and he was texting me and like, did you feel that? Oh, my gosh. And then I found out it's in La Habra, which is down the street. And um, But I think I know which drugstores to hit because I went to one and there were people all putting stuff like in tubs. I'm like, well, what are you going to do with that extra stuff? Maybe get good deals. I know. I'm cheating, but, <laughs> nice. um yeah it's just a, I think it's just unsettling, you know
3: well yeah, and I think um the day after the earthquake um there's there's thirty aftershocks, and I think they we've had like a hundred in the span wow. of two days, something like that, including the five point one and the you know and the four point one then you also had a bunch of three pointers in there too, which is well, what I think you guys could feel.
1: I know nothing about false, but what scared me was that the, the second big, they called an aftershock, was no, North in Roland yeah. Heights. And I went, well, wait, how is that? That's not the same place. And that's where the, you know, your mind starts thinking, well, okay, it was uh-huh. here and now it's there. Is it all getting ready? I'm so ri-
0: glad I'm in Fresno. It's
1: all getting ready to go. And <laughs> I don't know. It's, um.
0: I get I get oceanfront property. <laughs> I'll miss y'all. Yeah, I'm a little.
1: <laughs> oh, and so, but with Disneyland related. They did shut down the rides like they do, Um, Mm -hmm. and then, you know... I
0: hear hear it was, like, right in the middle of the first Phantasmic, and so Captain Hook and Peter Pan were, like, clinging to the masts. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I know,
1: (laughs) I was listening to the radio, and somebody called that um, the... um, It was really unsettling for the kids that were... They were at the... Because it was a 9 o'clock, so there were people going home in the parking structure. Because all the alarms went off, and... I mean, you had this great day at Disneyland, and then it's just... First of all, it's shaking, so little kids have never experienced one like this. Especially if you're from another part of town, and then um, and then have it in the parking structure. That's crazy. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
2: to, to show you, to show our listeners, sort of the power of the quake. I was teaching third grade in San Francisco when we had a significant earthquake, and so I'm getting all of the children under the desks as they're supposed to, and I see a wave. Go through the back wall of the classroom. It was like an ocean wave went through the wall of the classroom, and I was stunned. I'd never seen that, even though I grew up in San Francisco. So I am standing there, and then the principal puts her head in the door and yells at me to get under the desk. And uh, and then afterwards, I went when everybody was calmed down, the earthquake was over. I went to the classroom wall. There wasn't a crack in it. I mean, wow. It was amazing. So, um, welcome to California.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this almost never happens. No. I think there
3: were I There, I there think was I one up you your way, too, Nancy, after that. Well, there was one that. up our way a
4: few weeks ago, but...
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And I woke up to that one, but didn't feel anything else other than that.
3: Yeah, what surprised me was that they read, actually red-tagged some houses so they could inspect them. Wow. I didn't think that they were um, that it was that severe.
4: Yeah, it was like 10 houses red-tagged around Long Beach or Torrance or something.
3: No, over in La Habra, over no, the there epicenter.
4: Were, there were ones uh, tagged in Torrance, because my girlfriend in Torrance um, mentioned that.
3: That's a weak house then, because Torrance has yeah. passed me.
4: Well, I know, but so.
3: still... Interesting.
2: Yeah. We had excitement up our way, too, because we, we had Mother Nature of a different sort. We had tornado warnings, which we get more and more often now, I think, as we go through climate change. Our climate's getting more Midwestern. But suddenly, we suddenly emergency alert comes on, and we're told there is a tornado. And they start telling us what we need to do. And, and like, get in our basements. Okay, how many Californians <laughs> do you know who have basements? Basements, yeah. Uh. And, then, and then, then they're telling us to get in, into an inner room. We have one inside room, which happens to be the downstairs bathroom. And, then, and then, then it's into get under heavy furniture. And I thought, okay, now you're telling us what to do for an earthquake. Right. But wrap, your, but wrap yourself in a, um, in, in a towel or in a blanket in case there's flying debris. Yeah. But, but, and then they said, and if you are in a mobile home, get out.
0: Yeah <laughs> cuz the cuz tornado's heading right for you. Because yeah, and
2: luck, we luckily we all from it finally
4: US know that the know that trailer parks are indeed tornado oh, magnets. God, God hates right? them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But luckily it touched down a couple towns away, but I we had never seen that before where they were telling us, "Okay, it's here now." So,
0: wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And other excitement. <laughs> <laughs> our photo contest is now our vo- uh, Submissions are now closed for our photo contest. However, voting continues on those. To vote, go to uh, our uh, the Diz Unplugged Facebook page. That's www.facebook.com slash Diz Unplugged. Voting continues through April 14th, so if you submitted a photo, make sure you encourage your friends and family to vote. If you didn't submit a photo, head over there and take a look at all the awesome photos that Dizzers have submitted and... Vote for your favorites. You can vote once a day through, like I said, April 14th. Um, Coasting for Kids. Don't forget about that. We are at Knott's Berry Farm, Mary Jo and I, and my family. Also, people have signed up at Cedar Point, which is kind of cool. So now we're at, we have four parks represented with Dizzers. Uh, Dorney Park, Knott's Berry Farm, Carowinds, and Cedar Point. I'd love to see all 11 parks have Dizzers riding coasters. Uh, that, again, that is June eighth of twenty fourteen. I will put links in the show notes so you can head over there and sign up and and coast for kids.
3: Kathy Whirling kind of threw down the gauntlet on the Orlando show. Oh, yeah, she did, yep, she did. encouraging yeah, the East Coast but, team to beat the West Coast team this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, good. Yeah,
2: healthy well, competition. <laughs> yeah,
3: that, you know, right, exactly. I said it's all for it's a, all good cause, a good right? cause, right? Yeah. And so. <laughs> friendly rivalry just makes it more fun so
2: yep and great america is opening for the season so i'm hoping they're going to now they're going to announce their plans some details
0: yeah. yeah oh that would be nice mm-hmm. uh, yes i think we have some people that want to go there we also have i i there's a rumor or somebody was asking about the uh the canadian the one in canada so hmm. hopefully we will get some people signed up there too lord only um, knows we also, have canadian listeners yes we do hey eh? um hmm. <laughs> Northern, Northern Montana. Montana. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> don't, don't alienate them. Don't alienate day. them. Yeah, I no. I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, don't forget about the Arizona meet that we are planning uh, in October. Yay. Uh, yay. I see
3: more activity They're, happening um, are, for that. They,
0: there is more activity happening, mm-hmm. which is awesome. So.
3: And well, we, we have, s- have a
0: couple
4: s- baskets already set up to go for auction and everything.
3: Oh, and some other nice things, too. So, Yep.
0: It's going to be cool. Excellent. Any other housekeeping?
3: I know, um, kind of quick, um, we had a busy weekend last weekend. Nancy and I went horseback riding up to the Hollywood sign. Yep. And it was a three-hour ride. So for people who are in Hollywood and would like to have a different um, experience over there, what do you think, Nancy?
4: Oh, it's definitely something to do. Make sure you've been on a horse or (laughs) take time getting off your
3: horse. (laughs) Yeah, I... i um I was I joking with with Zoe Nancy's daughter 'cause we were we were up on a ridge, and so I told her when we get when we get down and I fall on my butt, I don't want you laughing at me, and of course she started giggling and well, it happened <laughs> well, you when were I telling got off the horse, you- I was so stiff and numb, I totally missed the railing and fell flat on my back <clears throat> and and the look of horror on the guys on the guy's um faces they immediately they wanted to help me up and i was like no let me lay here for a second but um <laughs> you know how we always la- well i kind of you know you always kind of when they ask if you want to wear the helmets and for some reason i thought you know what i better wear a helmet and when i told my son the story he said yeah based on my segway experience he thought that was a good idea too <laughs> so
0: <laughs> but how, anyways, how easy how is easy would that be for people to make that a day six
3: Really easy. Um, very easy. I would say it's a three hour it's a three hour ride and
0: okay. it's out of
3: Griffith Park. So if you were to go to a carousel and go horseback ride and go up to see the Hollywood sign and, and LA, that would be a really nice activity um and on that only, part of town.
4: They only do it twice a day. So there's a, a group that goes out at nine o'clock in the morning and then there's another group that goes out I think at three o'clock. Right. So, I mean, and what was really interesting was it turns out that we were the only people on the group.
3: Huh. What so. I also found interesting was, you know, typically when we go on any kind of trail, a guided trail ride, you have a person in front, a person in back, and all the horses just kind of go in single file. Yeah. We kind of set the pace. Well, not yeah. we kind of. We did. We set the pace, and he was just there to make sure that we were safe and the horses were safe. That yeah. was it. And he chatted with us. um, and he shout just to made sure we went in the right direction. And say that again, Nancy. I said, shout out to Miguel. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Miguel.
2: And uh, picked
3: up things when we dropped them off, when we dropped them while we were writing our horses and... But um, I would we really definitely recommend it. The, mm-hmm. We
4: chose to go with Rock and P Outfitters, um, which is right next to the L.A. Um, LA equestrian Center in Burbank. And Burbank slash Glendale, because you're right on the border at that point. Um, and it was the first time we had tried that stable. Normally we go into the equestrian center to ride. And I was really impressed with this, uh, with this stable and how they chose to pick the horses for us and all that. Yeah, um, because they even changed out horses and saddles.
3: They they, they couldn't find stirrups short enough for me, so they kept changing saddles so that I could fit in the stirrups. <laughs> but anyway,
0: very cool. Thanks, ladies. Any anything else, Marjorie?
3: Just really quickly, I also went to. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I went to. I drove up to Los Alamos, which is you. a half hour north of Santa Barbara, and I think I'm going to do a segment. On the wine saloon that features Kurt Russell's uh, gogi wine. Excellent. Yeah, it's it's a very cool experience.
2: Awesome. Michael? Um, Carol and I were making our dining reservations for May because we always take our granddaughter, you know, every year in May for her birthday. And we discovered in doing so that the and I couldn't remember if we discussed this on the show, that the Plaza Inn is going to be closed for refurbishment. It originally was (laughs) April 12th to May 12th. But they extended it until May 15th. so they um, will begin taking reservations again on May 16th. Also we learned because this is our first time we'll be there for Mother's Day and Ooh. we were very disappointed that you know they're not doing the big brunch. <laughs> and I know that's how Carol <laughs> felt when she heard your segment, Nancy. Well she that heard brunch. your, your. but um, if anybody is going to be there on Mother's Day, make your reservations now. Because options are um, becoming more and more limited. Oh, that's a really and good. And al- also, I went uh, the other night to the Marty Scalar and Doug Lip event at Stage 9. I had mentioned it um, last week on the show. And it was really cool. Uh, it was in a warehouse in um, that uh, Stage 9 entertainment store offers and it's where they had a lot of their there's from their displays that they do for museums and and um cal expo our state fair they do they always have a huge exhibit every year and so they had a lot of the props from that and one of the neat things they had though and i don't know why they would have had this was they had a big 3d layout of walton lillian disney's home hmm of um the, the Carrollwood property well the yeah, Carrollwood property, showing where the home was, um, where the pool was, the garage, and then the whole layout of the Carrollwood Express.
3: Wow. So that you
2: could get a really good idea of just how huge his little railroad was and it was big. and 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 it really worked. So you pushed a button and the little train went around. They had a little model of the lily bell running around it. Where is
3: Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. S-
2: oh, no. You had a question?
3: I was going to say, where's Stage 9?
2: Stage 9 is in, in Old Sacramento. Here, it's, it's, a, it's sort of like a, a Disney and uh, a movie, movie memorabilia shop. And they sell a lot of Disney fine art. And then this is their warehouse in West Sacramento that I'd never been to. And that's where they did this event so so it was really interesting and a, a couple of things that they brought up and I'm sure I'm, go- I'm probably going to use some of his information that Marty and Doug talked about in other segments I'm sure I'll incorporate it but they talked a little about Walt well, Disney World so this is information I'm probably never going to use so I thought <laughs> I'd just share it <laughs> and um, you know like you know how all of us you know a lot of us went on Horizons right, and you know and tried. people really bemoaned Horizons going away and the reason that they took it out according to Marty Sklar was that they lost the General Electric sponsorship and Hewlett Packard wanted to sponsor a pavilion and they wanted to sponsor one with a space theme and it was thought at the time that that future world needed a new pavilion so that's why um, Horizons was taken out and Mission Space was built and they, he was, he was very, um, he's very pro that the Disneyland subs became Finding Nemo, and um, I'm trying to, I'm just quickly going through here, and then the reason that Epcot Center is what it, you know, became what it was is he said that once Walt died, no one in the company had any idea how to build the Epcot community that Walt wanted, but that he believed if Walt had lived, he would have figured it out. Wow. And and you know and it's interesting. It's always interesting to hear Marty speak because you know a lot of people see him as a hero, you know, for heading up Imagineering and being responsible for opening almost all the, you know, being there for all the existing theme parks, you know, at opening. And a lot of people feel then there's the other side where people feel he really um we lost a lot of attractions because he um sort of capitulated sometimes to executives. Um, You know, a lot of the problems with DCA was sort of attributed somewhat to Marty because he didn't want to repeat himself by building Westcott. You know, they felt they should do something new, so he supported, you know, the original California adventure. But either way, he, uh, you know, just a really... Charming man and really fascinating, uh, and uh, a lot. He largely spoke about sort of the work ethic that they, uh, they that came from Walt on down, and a lot of how easy it was to make decisions when Walt was around because basically they were made by Walt, okay. and uh, and uh, so it was a really fun evening. So if you if you ever have an opportunity, you know to go to something like this, you know I really encourage you to do what you can to attend it.
3: Sounds like a cool opportunity.
2: It was, yeah. We have a lot of Disney things going on in Northern California. It's really surprising.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Michael. Uh, don't forget chat nights, Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at dlpodcast at com. If you want links to anything we're talking about here or links to any other of our shows, you can go to find those at disunplug.com and click the big green button. Um, any other housekeeping? Okay. Over to Tony with the
1: news. Okay. Four Disneyland employees were taken to hospitals recently after they – yes, hospitals. That's where you go when you're sick. Um, Mm -hmm. On an afternoon when they reported nausea from paint fumes, the Anaheim Fire Department responded to the park. The fire department? It's – Disney, you everybody I'm surprised they didn't. I'm surprised they didn't evacuate the Anaheim schools that I'm in. Right, Yeah, I know to do everything. Yeah. The Anaheim Fire Department responded to the park around 1:30 p.m. to investigate the odor. The employees were taken to hospitals as a precaution. Fire officials said the odor did not affect park guests or operations. Jeez. So were they just too close to the paint? Like, was it like, oh, I don't feel good, and then is that like a workers' comp
0: thing? Yeah, I don't know. What, did we know where they were painting?
1: Nope. Oh, huh, weird. And this was the updated version of this information, so <laughs> this is all they got. So, I mean, that and then, of course, an earthquake. So, you know, I don't think paint fumes were important after that. No, exactly. Yeah. So, okay. And then in related entertainment to Disney. Really? Well, no, not related to paint fumes, but related okay, cool. to Disney. Mariachi bands will soon belt out ballads in a redesigned theater that once housed the troubled Battle of the Dance Dinner show down the street. Oh, nice. Okay. Yes. Musa Madane, a developer and concert promoter, has preliminary renamed the venue M3 Live Arena. An arena? It's not really an arena. Okay. Promising to showcase quality mariachi bands in a family-friendly atmosphere. Medane said he is negotiating a contract with three high-profile mariachi groups to perform when the theater opens in late April, with tickets costing forty dollars for dinner and a show. Anaheim? Are they catering it from Roscoe's? No, yeah, store? I don't. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, I don't think that'll be open by then. Um, <laughs> Anaheim has so many Latinos, and mariachis are great entertainment. So something like this is called for here, said Medane, president of M3 Live Corp, a production company that stages concerts across the region. Renovations began in January on the 40,000-square-foot vacant building on Harbor Boulevard less than two miles down the street from Disneyland. The planning commission is expected in April to sign off on some small modifications to the theater, including new walls and lighting, said John Ramirez, a business assistance manager with Anaheim's planning department. We're looking forward to working with the operator to open a really good venue, Ramirez said. We're just taking it step-by-step to make sure the use is compatible with the area and that they're successful as soon as they open their doors. Once an abandoned Toys R Us store I remember the abandoned Toys R Us store. I don't
0: remember it being a Toys R
1: Us store. I remember a long time ago being at a convention and ditching the convention and walking to get like food and walking by the back when Anaheim was dilapidated in that area Uh and I remember that Toys R Us store. Anyways Um, Once an abandoned Toys R Us store, the building was converted into the Battle of the Dance Dinner Show in February 2011 with tickets ranging from $30 to $90. Despite its lavish productions, Battle of the Dance was poorly attended, suffered from bad food reviews, and had a series of financial (laughs) problems before it finally closed in June 2012. The Blink comedy and magic show temporarily moved into the venue, but was quickly shut down because of a contract dispute. Neighbors later complained about noise when the venue was leased for other events, apparently including some with adult themes." The theater's new operators who have secured a lease said they were mindful of the problems experienced by Battle of the Dance along with the neighbors' concerns about noise. I'm hoping the community will give us a chance to show that we will be good neighbors, said Max Amadi, a consultant for M3 Live Corp. With a big project comes big responsibility, Amadi said. We want to help improve the image of this particular section of harbor so
0: yeah excellent well with that and if roscoe because isn't it's the same block as roscoe yeah i think so Mm -hmm. yeah awesome so
2: that's the news thank you tony time for rapid fire michael the broadway musical wicked and a television series once upon a time have made it popular to retell the disney fairy tales and other stories that we've grown to love throughout our childhood and maleficent Walt Disney Studios' most anticipated films of the summer does the same thing with the story of Sleeping Beauty and its villain, Maleficent. This film purports to tell the true story of Maleficent and perhaps makes her into a sympathetic character. I haven't been too keen on the idea of changing our idea of Maleficent, but I am looking forward to, to this film because it looks visually stunning. Yeah, it does. And in anticipation of the release of this film, visitors to Disneyland will be able to see an extended sneak peek at Disney California Adventure in the naturalistic underground setting of the Bugs Life Theater beginning <laughs> April 18th. If you're not familiar with Maleficent, it stars Angelique Jolie in the untold story of Disney's most iconic villain from the classic Sleeping Beauty and the elements of her betrayal that ultimately turned her pure heart to stone. Driven by revenge and a fierce desire to protect the moors over which she presides, Maleficent cruelly placed an irrevocable curse upon the human king's newborn infant Aurora. And as the child grows, Aurora is caught in the middle of the seething conflict between the forest kingdom she has grown to love and the human kingdom that holds her legacy. Maleficent realizes that Aurora may hold the key to peace in the land and is forced to take drastic actions that will change both worlds forever. So Maleficent opens in theaters on May 30th, but beginning April 18th at California Adventure, you can see an extended sneak peek of this Highly anticipated film.
0: Very cool. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Mary Jo.
3: Fans of Club 33 may have known that the executive chef there was Chef Marcel Saint Pierre, and I know that some have been wondering where he would go since the club was being refurbished. I think Disneyland Resort guests will be happy to hear that the chef is now at Steakhouse 55 at the Disneyland Hotel. Oh, wow. Okay. He kind of comes full circle, and I say that because. Before the 2001 Great Renovation, as I like to call it, (laughs) the restaurant at that location was called Granville's, based on the story Pinocchio. Well, Chef Marcel St. Pierre started his Disney career at Granville's back in 2000. Obviously, it was a short tenure at that restaurant before it changed over. He is now back and leading the Disneyland team, and we can expect that when we dine at Steakhouse 55, we'll have the opportunity to try new dishes that will be featured in nightly, weekly, and seasonal specials. For those who are fans of the signature dishes at the restaurant, like their delicious rubbed ribeye, or their delicious potatoes of gratin, macaroni um. and cheese, or their asparagus. I'm getting hungry. The chef has no plans to change those. Good for us. <laughs> well, I'm thinking it's time to go back and I got to talk to my son, Nick, because he loves their food. So what celebrations do we have coming up? Hmm.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Mary Jo. Um, I will go next. I just want to let people know that Disney Cruise Line has released their 2015 itineraries. And you can book those now. And once again, the Wonder is coming back to this coast and coming back to Alaska. So it's going to be doing seven-night cruises uh, from Vancouver again. But also, there are a couple special cruises. Um, There are some three-night and two-night cruises. Uh, there's a there's a three-night that goes to Ensenada out of San Diego. These are out of San Diego. And some it, two-night uh, cruises to nowhere, basically, where it leaves, leaves San Diego and drives around for a while and comes back. So if you are looking for a cruise on the West Coast, you might want to take a look at those. There's also some repositioning cruises, San Diego to Vancouver and back. And, then, of course, the... Panama Canal cruises, which sell out quickly, but they're very good value because they're a longer cruise, and the longer you cruise, the lower the per night um, cost is. So, you know, take a look. Uh, There's a lot of information on the Diz, so I will definitely post a link in the show notes and take a look at those cruises and also all the coverage we had of the Alaska cruises in the last few years, so... All right, that's mine. Over to Nancy.
4: Okay, I'm going to sound like a broken record this week, but yet again, I'm going to bring you news of Universal Studios Hollywood. We've heard, very excitingly, that Super Silly Funland is Finally heading towards testing This means that They're really ramping up for the opening Of this whole Despicable Me area Now Super Silly Funland What I think is really cool about this is because I've always harped on the fact that There's not enough to do at Universal Studios For my kids And frankly for me that (laughs) matters But wow The Super Silly Funland could make me reconsider All that. There's a really cool Water play area for the kids There's a dry play area The place is crawling with minions, and you guys know I'm a big minion fan. And it also has a really super cute, super silly, new little ride. It's kind of like a Dumbo, but it's called the Silly Swirly, and it really plays on the fact that Super Silly Funland has that whole little three-eyed alien monsters kind of theme that goes around through it. Anyway, super cool area. I really think that this is going to be a fabulous addition to universal studios hollywood now my second thing is for all of you jaws fans they actually managed to reopen the jaws section of the tram tour okay oh, cool. they have added a little more gory blood type stuff in uh, one of the sequences <laughs> just as a warning other than that the shark is back so yeah. i'm gonna move on to my third one what the? and i know keep smiling tom We've been hearing some rumors of future announcements about more stuff that's going to come in. We know that the Simpsons area just expanded with some new carnival booths and games outside of the Simpsons ride. Rumor has it that they're going to bring a whole bunch more of the Simpsons area like they've done in designing Universal Studios Florida. They're going to bring that here to Hollywood, so they just haven't said anything big yet. It's going to have mo's. It's going to have the eateries like they do in Florida. And cool. they even took out the special Transformers beverage a few months ago because it's actually the same recipe as a flaming mo. So take that <laughs> for what you will. The other big rumor that there's supposed to be an announcement about is the old Feng Lum Chinese restaurant that's right there about halfway up the hill. It's this horribly sad little abandoned chinese restaurant that's actually going to be torn down and the plan that was distributed to the community and such that was approved has that being the site of a brand new hotel Nice. so we'll see there's already two hotels up there there's also speculation that that's a new parking structure that's going up because there's a bunch of steel so there we go that's my universal news enjoy it while you can
0: thank you nazi uh mr Spatel.
1: Okay, my rapid fire is going to be sports. No way. Yes, the Angels have now started their season, and an idea for a day six could be you know coming over to Angel Stadium uh-huh. through the art or taking a taxi. And I wanted to let people know what the different days are in April, where they're going to be in town, and if you're planning a trip, you could go see them. Well, April 11th and 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th. If you want to do your day six, then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, they're playing the Mets. On the 11th, my favorite, San Diego Zoo Safari Park is offering a kids hoodie sweatshirt for children ages three to 14 in attendance. Wow. And on Saturday the 12th, there are post game fireworks. Saturday night games only. And then on the 13th, they play at 12.35 p.m. So if you want to do a day game, sit out in the sun and get a tan. The 14th, (laughs) 15th, and 16th, that's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They'll be playing the Athletics, the Oakland Athletics, for those of you that don't know. And if you come on Jackie Robinson Day, the 15th, you can get an Albert Pujols blanket. I don't think it's the actual blanket that he's been in, but you get an Albert Pujols blanket. And they're going to go out of town, and they're going to be back at the end of April, April 28th, 29th, and 30th. And they're going to be playing the Indians. And on Tuesday, Angels, ba- Angels Backpack is the promotion. Wow. So if you want to go and take the art and go see the Angels or do a day six that way, April seems to be like a really good month because there's not a lot of popular teams, especially the athletics and Indians. So <laughs> you are probably able to get tickets, and they have a lot of fan... Things going on with a pool host blanket and the hoodie and the backpack. So remember, Art, Anaheim Resort Transit will get you there if you want to take it. And that's the Angel schedule for
0: April. So have fun. Possible good day six. All right. Thank you, Tony. That will do it for Rapid Fire. Time for our Thread of the Week. Mary Jo.
3: This week we have a thread by Disney Mom who joined us back in November 2010. And she put your most memorable moment. While at the Disneyland Resort, I love to hear stories of lasting memories Disneyland has given them. We've been visiting the park yearly since my husband and I were 18. We're in our 30s now. I've had some awesome memories at the park, but but what is one that sticks out the most? I have a few, but my two most favorite were the first time we brought our first son to Disneyland. He was eight months old right after the holiday season was over, so there were no crowds. My mother-in-law paid for our stay at the Grand California, and our son came down with a cold. Although that part was awful, we still had a great time. He fell in love with both Astroblaster, excuse me, Astroblaster and Small World so much that we rode Astroblaster probably fifty times that day, and we didn't mind. Another was last year when our um, second son, who was 17 months, was fascinated by the bubble gun we got him. He learned to say his first real word, bubbles, on that trip. And he would walk through the park only if we would leave a trail of bubbles for him to chase. I saw plenty of people with smiles on their faces, watching him walking through bubbles, and I can still hear him saying bubbles while trying to pop all of the ones that he could catch. Both of these memories still bring a smile to my face. So what are your most memorable moments at the Disneyland Resort? So I copied a couple of them, but I thought I'd go around California and ask all of you, what about you? What are some of the memories that... You think of with your family or something you saw at the Disneyland resort. And this time, I'm going to start with Tom.
0: Oh, me? Okay.
3: <laughs> I never start with um, you, but I thought this time I'd start I start with you.
0: A uh, memorable moment. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of cheat because I mean most people don't have these experiences, but my first. Outing as a Disney correspondent, my first media type thing, I was able to get into the um, window ceremony for the Sherman Brothers window. Oh wow! And so that was like my first, I, I, you know, first thing I did for the Diz as as official, and that just that ceremony. There's, there's, you know, they they had. It was a big production with, you know, the band and, yeah, grand piano for Richard Sherman. And, you know, and they had actors and actresses play, portraying the um, mother and th- father from Carousel of Progress. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, you know, and so they had, you know, Richard Sherman was there. You know, Robert Sherman was not well at the time, so he wasn't there, but... Yeah, Richard Sherman spoke, and then I, I I can't remember the order of things, but Richard Sherman ended up playing "Feed the Birds," of course, on the grand piano, which was awesome.
3: Did they have um, a piano there on Main Street then?
0: Yes, on on the sidewalk in front of Main Street. How cool was that? The, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then um, mother the the the. Yeah, three or four times during the thing, the the mother and father came out from the uh, mother and father from Carousel Progress came out. So at one point they came out with a, with an old time radio, and they started changing the channels on the radio, and they tuned in a broadcast from London, and it was Robert Sherman with a message uh. for everyone and a message for his brother. And it was—I'm getting cold chills now talking about it, because you know th- there's not a lot of love lost between the two, right? But for for Robert Sherman to to do record this and you know say thank you to Richard during this message, it was just you know it was awesome.
3: I would imagine it was very emotional.
0: It was very emotional, yeah. You know, and then they closed it with the band playing "Let's Go Fly Fly a Kite," I think, and they had. Um, chimney sweeps on the on the roofs of main street with um sticks with streamers of 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 kites and stuff swinging around it was just a big production and you know that was everything's downhill from there <laughs> you know what i mean i mean it was just it was just a wonderful
2: morning
3: that sounds like a great introduction to uh, your duties on the diz
0: yeah
2: exactly. that's for
3: sure um michael what about you
2: this is hard because you know I um, I actually had the opportunity to work at Disneyland in my younger days, so I've been there a lot. Um, I think it was I'm going to have to say maybe the first time we took our children to Disneyland, nice. and we um, when we entered the when we entered Disneyland. Remember the Party gras parade? Oh yes. See, and I told Carol, the first time we, t- we take them, we have to enter the way Walt intended us to enter the park, not by the monorail. And so we entered, and the party gras parade was just rounding town square. And as the children walked in, remember, the, they, you remember how the cast members threw beads, party gras yes. beads? They threw beads, and a whole bunch just landed at the foot of our son and daughter. Oh, that the feet is so of our cool. son and daughter. Of course, they remember none of this, but I just thought that was so magical that your first time and you enter, and I think Party Gras was one of the best parades, you know they have they've had. And oh, we love that. I
3: still I can I can I think just, the song in my mind. It's yeah, and
2: cool. <laughs> I just thought, what a fantastic way to enter the park, and then I of course I have a unique friendship with mickey as as many of you know so when i went up to mickey and introduced him to my children you know after i knew mickey as a child and um it was it was very emotional for me which i know seems silly but it really was and so it it was i don't know it was like i'm i'm introducing the next generation to mickey or something i don't know and so so that th- th- those were special moments for me.
3: I think I think those that get it totally understand that that feeling cuz there's many parents who may not have experienced it to the level you did because of your um relationship working at Disneyland. But um a lot of parents that feeling of of move from going to the parks when, with their own parents and then going again and introducing Disneyland to their own children. It's it's just, the, it's just such a, a, a neat feeling. Um, yeah. Tony, yeah, you're what right. Ab- yeah, it is. Tony, what about you?
1: Okay, out of the blue, I'm going to tell you my first memory. And um, I think I was five. We moved from Michigan when I was three or four. I don't remember. But I remember uh, my parents' Honda Civic. Hmm. And we stayed at a hotel, probably like a best western-ish kind of hotel. And there were gas lines. So I remember my, I remember that on the news. And I remember back in the day, back when they had tickets. So this is 77, 78. Um, the memory I have is my brother and I aren't that close. That's not a bad thing. That's not a like, Oh my gosh, we're estranged. We're just not that close. Okay. So take that, take that for what you will. But, um, nothing, no, no crazy skeleton or anything. But, um, my, at the time when you had tickets, my dad somehow got, I think it's, you guys will probably know it's like the Magic Kingdom Club or something,
2: because he worked for a oh, hospital.
1: Yeah. yes.
2: I used to belong to that. And so
1: you yeah. didn't have to use, like, you could go on rides multiple times. And so I remember this little thing having that ticket, and my parents eating at Blue Bayou with all of us, and uh my brother and I, like, running, like, finishing early to run to go on Pirates of the Caribbean again. Like, I have a vivid memory of that. And so that's kind of a it's my first memory of disneyland but also it being with my brother and the fact that i can remember that far back but i do remember that like and it must have been a non-crowded day because we seem to get right on the ride in my memory but yeah that's my memory i want to share
3: pretty cool nancy oh my god oh
4: jeez You know, I've been sitting here racking my brain Going through them while everybody else has been talking Because I have, you know, the kid ones I have grown up ones all by myself Um, I have grown up ones with my husband You know, I have even myself as a child ones Um, I don't know what to pick
3: is that, does that sound strange? I mean, no, because if you know, fortunately, you have a lot of experiences, so I'm sure you have a lot of great memories, but pick one. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm in the same boat as Nancy, so I have to curtail both of us. Oh.
4: Here, help me, help me, help me. Um, Do you want a me-by-myself as a kid? Do you want me-by-myself as a (laughs) grown-up?
3: Do the first one.
4: Okay, me-by-myself as a kid. Probably my biggest memories... I was only at Disneyland once as a child. And we were here on a family vacation, not intending to go to Disneyland. We only had part of one day. So we we did... Back then they had... um, guided tours that would take you on like x number of rides and we went with this wonderful VIP tour guide lady and she was so sweet and my brother and I were the only kids in the group so we sat with her on everything and I remember going on Pirates for the first time and my brother was on one side of her, I was on the other. I saw the talking skull and crossbones, and my head immediately <laughs> went into the tour guide lady's lap. <laughs> and I would peek up occasionally, like, going under the bridge with the dangling foot guy, <laughs> and then ducking back down.
3: So that was your first experience of Pirates of the Caribbean?
4: Yeah. That was, that, that. still has stuck with me, that and buying the it's a small world album and taking it home to St. Louis and playing it like a bazillion times on the record player and, and learning all the different languages of the songs.
3: That's awesome.
4: So yeah, that's my childhood memory stuck with me.
3: (laughs) And a lot. And like some of you, I have so many memories. It's kind of hard to pick one, but I'll pick I guess the uh, one that that comes to mind is uh, my cousins had come out, and they were my cousins had come out from Texas. This is back in the '80s, and they all wore red to Disneyland that day. And it was the first <laughs> time that they had taken their children, and they didn't. Re- it was back in the day before people really all wore the same color, you know, so they could find each other and stuff like that. They got so much attention all day long, and I remember that we went on the canoes. And um, they were sitting on the canoes and my cousin, the the dad, he had put his, his paddle up and the the cast members said, oh, no, no, we, you, there's no just sitting on this ride. You have to work for it. And so he started pointing them out to like the Mark Twain people. And he goes, look at this family in red. Tell them to row. You know, and he just paid a lot. He kind of gave them a hard time, but in a fun way. And then because of that, Throughout the day in Disneyland, people kept pointing them out all day long. And it was so cute because, you know, tip, my cousin's kind of a, a macho type of guy. But on all day long, he was singing the Tiki Room. And he would sit there and I just can picture him, you know, s- kind of swaying back and forth singing tiki, 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 Tiki Room all day long. And they had so much fun. We all had so much fun that day. It's just the pure enjoyment um, showing Disney, showing quote unquote our park. To um, guests coming to California, it was just a really um, good experience, and luckily we've had quite a few of those type um, opportunities. So let me share just a, a few of the the ones that other members have said. Crystal thirteen thirteen says, "Taking my oldest son for the first time at ten months old, when we finally got to meet Minnie, he was so excited. He grabbed her nose and he kissed it. He did that with all of his stuffed animals at the time." made the whole line go, aw. Same trip, taking him to the Tiki Room, his official first attraction ever. He was in total awe. The Tiki Room was his favorite song and the only song that would calm him down in the car. And when he recognized the song, pure joy came over his face and tears of happiness came over my face. Torrent, who's a regular on our Disneyland board, said, The first time that my parents took my younger brother for his first visit to Disney was pretty funny in the memorable way. The first night we went to this buffet, and my brother, after sitting down and picking up his fork to eat his salad, fell asleep face first in his salad plate. My dad removed his fork, and he cleaned his face. A few minutes later, my brother woke up and tried to continue eating, and he was confused by the missing fork. How many of us have gone and our kids were so tired that their faces just went into their dishes? Uh, Lala's mama puts, Last year I brought my daughter to the parks for her first time. I actually cried walking through the turnstiles. You see, this was one of those places that my mom loved, and it was my first trip as the Disneyland-loving mom. My mom passed away five years before that trip, but her spirit was around us that first day. There's a lot more, and um, some actually I had tears in my eyes just because they were so touching. So if you'd like to read some of these stories, and some of them are pretty darn funny too, and I didn't want to share those because I want you guys to, to read them and enjoy them. Um, a link to the thread will be in our show notes. Or if you have some memories that you would like to share, um, this is another one of those threads that just makes you feel good about Disneyland. So be sure to click on the link and um, go to our thread and participate or read it just
0: to smile. Very cool. Thank you, Mary Jo. Thank you, everyone. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplug. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland shows this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember disneyland is always more magical when it's shared thanks for listening